Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free, tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost, and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays poker tournament. AmericasCardroom.com Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 58 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want to get 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the advertisements on the oneouter.com homepage. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are for free on the oneouter.com website and also available via iTunes. Just search the One Outer podcast. If you want to get questions in for Alex Fitzgerald, anything at all, then email questions at oneouter.com or tweet us or Facebook us. Alex, how are you today? Raring to go, as we say in Scotland. Yes, sir. Ready to go. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yesterday's show, uh, as we've said, we um, sort of like pre-recording these just now, to, so they're all coming out, going to be coming out every Thursday, 8 o'clock um, throughout September, and all the phones and stuff were going off yesterday. Um, and then one, and I realised too late, the one was my front door. Um, <laughs> it, actually, it actually turned out my girlfriend's going away this weekend to like a relative's wedding, and uh, it was stuff she was needing for the wedding. So luckily the delivery driver re-delivered it today. But um, yeah, with me not getting that, I was kind of in the bad books for a while. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she obviously doesn't understand that. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast with a guy in custody. I've got headphones on. You know, like uh-huh. I put my phone on silent and stuff. I forget to always take the landline out. Uh, Chammers investigates like, but um, <laughs> that that uh, that very rarely uh, calls. If it is, it's always like telemarketers or you know these people. You know, is that anything you ever did, Alex? Did you ever do the telemarketing or anything? No, nah, no, nah, I lived next to. Uh, oh, I couldn't. I I moved to like uh, when I lost all my money and I moved to the inner city of Costa Rica. I I couldn't figure out why every person spoke fluent English because we were we were not exactly in a really nice area. And I found out like the biggest call center in Costa Rica was down the street. And they were all calling America, but no, I never did that. Phil Ivey did that. Uh, yeah, that's why I asked. I was going to say it seems like the. I I I've always wanted to do it, and because I think I would like. I don't know. It's one of these things, like you said, reminds me of what you said yesterday. Like, yeah, I'm going to direct. You know, because I think I'd be a good director or whatever. Like with no training, no whatever. Right. But I I, like, I can sell stuff, and what, I think I'd like it. You know, like a day at it or a week at it, just for the crack, just for the banter of. Uh, phoning up people and just not losing heart. I mean, I, I couldn't do it for a job, you know, no, like, of course especially not. nowadays when people just, I mean, I don't know how anybody gets through. When I got a call like that, you're, people are so afraid of scams now, you know, and things right. like that. I don't know how anybody gives any info at all. <laughs> yeah, and sorry to keep coughing. I, uh, it seems every time I get out of an area that's mostly air conditioning, it, I get a little bit of a cough. Yeah, I've always wanted to Go. I, I I think there's something to be said for doing a job for a day, 
Like, I would love to go back and work at Arby's for, like, four hours just for the novelty uh, value. Just uh, Arby's is, like, uh, uh, for for those of you who don't know, it's, like, a slightly higher-scale McDonald's in the United States. And I worked there for about a year. And, uh, yeah, I always wonder if I go in, if I could still, like, you know, if, like, muscle memory will kick in, I'll still know how to, like, pop the register and yeah. everything like that. <laughs> but I'm sure it does. I'm sure the training's that good. And the, probably, like, the the uh, shop fitting has not changed that much, probably. You know, a lot of these places, like, when they right. put up a new McDonald's, they can literally throw it up in a few days. It's, yeah, it's the same everything like clicks in. It's just like because they're a franchise, you know, like every table and chair and once the shell's up for the building, everything just pops in. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you could get that job back if you want it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give them a call. Yeah, yeah, I'll call them up. See what see what yeah. happens. So has anything else been happening in Alex World on Twitch or that this week? Anything anything going on? Any tournament runs or not, uh, not, not a whole lot. Uh, I I found out yesterday my coffee machine has been trying to kill me. It's supposed to be a self cleaning coffee machine, right? This was a this was the most ex- expensive thing. Like I'm not usually someone who's supposed like check out the price on this, but I drink coffee every day all day and i uh i got a coffee machine that was supposed to like say stay clean the longest clean itself and when it does get dirty and you need to pop in uh you know it it gives it a little alarm and then you know you do like the salt bath or whatever you call it and then uh yeah and like i i just noticed like i was on this trip and i felt great and i came home and i had one cup of coffee and i'm like i feel like crap now right and I, 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 you know, I looked into that thing, and it was just disgusting. I mean, like, deconstructed it and everything. It was just nasty. And then, you mm-hmm. know, washed through it, like, seven times to the point I couldn't see anything. And then, you know, I made another uh, I, I made another cup, and I drank it, and it still tasted pretty bad. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I got, I got kind of into a... Like, can you really rely on anything anymore? I'm like, like my my Kindle from Amazon has lasted three years, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I'm like, wonder when this thing's gonna break. And I realize like Apple has ruined me. Like Apple has trained me to think electronics last two years, right? Sony <laughs> Sony Playstations have trained me. If you get one out of the gate, like it's supposed to break in a couple years, right? Like that's like I'm so shell shocked by. The way you know the planned obsolescence of electronics. <laughs> well, to give you to give you hope, I was playing on a PlayStation One yesterday. <coughs> wow! And that's that's ninety five. Uh, wow. The same power cord, the same TV lead, the same control pad. How did uh, Yeah, my friend's house. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, Metal Gear Solid was on it. Oh my god! Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that was a game. That was a game. That was the. A- I take it you played like all the uh, is it Sudokins and all these things? Is it is that what it's called? I I I don't know the stealth games. Sukaden. Sukaden. No, I didn't. I, I never got around to them. I was they're pretty... crazy money, like second hand now. Like oh, for Sukiden real. Sukaden one and two are like hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars for a copy. That sounds right. That sounds. Yeah. No, I was a uh, I was working as a video game reviewer when I was like fourteen. 13 uh till 
actually 14. I don't think I was 13. Uh, but like 14 to like 17, that was all I did. And all I did was play stupid games. Like, because, you know, when they review games, usually like the introductory level kid is who's going to get all the crappy ones, right? And of course that was me at the ripe old age of 15. So, <laughs> like, I was playing, uh, I, I was, uh, man, like, you don't realize how many bad video games come out until you have to review them. And I mean, like, clearly, like, they got halfway through production and just kind of gave up. Like, it, there's sound effects for everything in the first two hours. There's sound effects for nothing in the last eight. And they're, it, you know, like, the, the voice actors change uh, midway through the game. And, you know, it, it just stuff like that. Like, if you get stuck in walls and things like that. And, like, that was my job, like, 12, 20 hours a week, uh, every week uh, for, like, three years to the point, like, when I was done. Like, I didn't play a video game, like, for years. Like, it was, like, I just was so sick of them. Like, yeah. once I got big in poker, I was like, all right, get the PlayStation 3. Uh, get, the play uh, get the PlayStation 3. Get the Xbox 360. Uh, get get the Nintendo DS, get the PSP, and then, like, yeah, one day I was, like, you know, like, one day I went back to Seattle, and I was, like, cleaning out my storage, and I found all of them. I was, like, I never touched these, right? And, like, some of the game systems just, like, disappeared, <laughs> and I'm, like, somebody, you know, somebody, I'm sure, stole them at some point, but it's, like, it, it, it's weird just to think, like, when you're a kid, like, all you want to do is play video games, you know what I mean? And, like, that's all you want to do. Then you get the money to do it when you're 18, 19, but you're just so, like, into the matrix that is poker, you know? It's like, <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, I mean, like, all the games I wanted to play, I didn't really have time to play. It was, like, pretty lame, lame. Well, I did get, I did make money off of it, but it was a, a kind of a weird thing to be doing during high school. Like, no, nah, I can't study, man. Got to play yeah. this for 20 hours. See, I've never been really... I mean, I've had passing thoughts about getting, like, you know, a PS4 or whatever and getting FIFA on it and Grand Theft Auto and stuff. And then I go, like, how much time would I actually play it? And, like, it would right. either be... It would either be I'd not play it enough to justify buying it or it would just take over everything and I would do nothing else. You know, <laughs> right. And I would just play that. There wouldn't be, like, a happy medium. You know, once you get hooked into a game... So, like, I, I played some of the retro games recently, and my friend's got, uh, my brother's got one as well. It's like uh, an Xbox, the first Xbox. Oh, what yeah. guys are What guys are doing with it are, like, sticking in the emulator software on the hard drive, and it's, like, 60,000 games. Or, or, no, that's not, it's 15,000 games, sorry. Yeah, not 60, yeah. 12 or 15,000 games, and it's, like, every NES game, every SNES game, every Sega, like, Mega Drive Genesis for that's you Americans. Ridiculous. Um, what and like Saturn and all this and then all the arcade coin up ones and stuff Neo Geo PC graph uh, Turbo Graphics all this stuff and I was looking at it going through the menu and I was like holy shit like could you imagine getting that as like a kid. when you were like ten or something <laughs> you know you would just be that's all you do that's all you would do and now it's like my brother's guy he's like ah oh, play it now and again you know it's like when are you actually going to sit and play all these games yeah and, exactly no i you know i got uh i i went i i was like down in like the student district in san jose one day just kind of i don't really, i think i had to run an errand or something but at some point i was just walking around and yeah they had like a playstation 2 and they were like we, you know this this thing's got emulators on it so 
I, I bought it. it. It was pretty cheap. I can't remember what it was, but I think it, and then I brought it back home, and it, it literally has every. The first one I looked into was every Super Nintendo game, right? Like every single Super Nintendo, and I played to death the Super Nintendo. And like you know, at first it was pretty sick, right? So I played through Streets of Rage. That was pretty awesome. I hadn't I hadn't played through that in a long time. But yeah, it was weird because like I went back to like top. Uh, what was it? There was this racing game that I used to play all the time, like when I was a kid, like at a like a daycare center or something. It was like one of three games they had. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be so sick, right? And then I'm playing it, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And I remember thinking of this game the entire time I was playing poker because the thing I liked about the game was you went to different countries to race, right? And of course, it was the same track. And they, yeah. they just happen to put, like, a slightly different city in the back. Like Me- Mexican huts and the <laughs> yeah, stuff. Exactly. Right in that was, yeah, that was it. And I remember thinking of that because, like, once I started, like, jet-setting for poker, I was like, oh, my God, dude, this is literally a video game when I was a kid. And I'm, like, actually in the cities and stuff. But I was, like, playing it. I was like, man, this is lame. But, like, you should you should pick up a PlayStation 4. I mean, they're fun. I, I don't get to play mine as much as I'd like. But, like, I just finished Grand Theft Auto. Yesterday, actually, that's one thing I could have told you. I finished like the the new games these days. The crazy thing is like, well, a lot of them are shorter than they used to be. Um, a lot of them either I'm like way better at video games or they're way easier. I think it's they're way easier, and uh, it not like too like not like too easy. But I I think they're starting to realize. I've always thought it was weird like how games get harder the longer you get into them. Because if you're reading a good novel, it doesn't suddenly change into, you know, Spanish yeah. halfway through and then into Swahili in the last chapter, you know. But uh, it, it's... It, and I think it's cool because they ramp up the difficulty a little bit, but at the same time, it n- almost never gets, like, that frustrating with a lot of the new games. Like, uh, I don't know, what I've been playing is, like, Sleeping Dogs... Uh, I play Call of Duty, but the kids kill me online all the time. Uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, The Last of Us. A lot of these are, like, super cinematic experiences. They're, like, really fun. And then, like, PlayStation 4, you can buy all these independent games as well, which is awesome because it's, like, I can't, like... Like, I like the old games as well, but, like, it's really cool. I was playing this game, uh, Velocity 2X, and it's essentially, like, I, I, I... you know, like a 2D shooter, like uh, 1942, or you're like uh-huh. you're like flying, like yeah, you're flying a jet, and like the whole screen is being lit up. It's essentially they made like an updated one of these, and it, it's really like way more difficult, right? Like it's way now there's a place for like difficulty in games. It's not that much more difficult, but it is more difficult, and like the control scheme is definitely like it takes some learning, right? But, like, it's very rewarding, and the graphics are insane, but it still, like, harkens back to those old-school, like, 2D games. And the cool thing about it is, like, you can just put in your MP3 player into the PlayStation 4, and, like, it'll start playing your music. And it was like, yeah, it was like playing arcade games with, like, yeah, death metal. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty sick. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's like anything. You just have to balance. But, yeah, at some point you're like... 
man, this is all I want to do, man. <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think, you know, even if you can remember, like, I'm, I'm a few years older than you, but I remember <laughs> getting a computer game in itself was just like, oh, they yeah. were, I mean, in the UK, like, I remember Sonic 2 came out on the Mega Drive, and it was like forty nine ninety nine. So that was like yeah. $80, $80, 20 yeah, back years. Back in the day, yeah. You know? Which must be, I don't know, one fifty now, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you know? I think you, I think you did it twice, but yeah, it's like eighty dollars these days, ninety dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that that's what it was then. Fifty dollars. Oh, it was fifty yeah, it was pounds 50, then. Oh, okay, fifty so, pounds. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Fifty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Some SNES games. I remember the Sega Saturn when it first came out. I got it in nineteen ninety four, I think. The Sega Saturn, and it was four hundred and fifty quid for the console. <laughs> <laughs> with Virtu- with Virtua Fighter, right, and that oh, was it. And I Virtua swear that I had Virtua Fighter in a demo disc for like a year. You know, like the games were like fifty nine ninety nine, and uh, that was twenty years ago. And like now, like you see, you can go on and get these yeah, emulators yeah. with all this. And back in the day, you had to wait to get a game. You had to swap games. You had yeah. to trade and stuff like that. And you'd go to the arcade, and there was always like this one like kid that was amazing. And yeah. he just sat on the machine with like a pile of, like, I don't know, in the US quarters. In the UK, it was like 50 pences or 20 pence. You know, he just sat with a stack of them, just like putting it in and just banging the machine crazy, you know, like doing really well on it. Yeah, it was yeah. always like somebody in the arcade that was like a wizard. And I just think like a lot of that was part of the gaming culture. Like, yeah. you, wait, you waited on a new game coming out. You know, everything is just like out every, like, bang, bang, bang now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's so, really. Well, uh, ah, cra- Virtual Fighter, by the way, was insane, and I'm looking, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to Yu Suzuki's Shenmue Three, which is it, the same designer made like an RPG, like fighting game, which is, should be coming out in the next couple of years. But it, yeah, it, it, I think the thing that you bring up that's really interesting is just yeah, like it, it's so weird how like the the games were so expensive and all that, and then. Well, even now, like, I play PlayStation 4, and I have to, like, buy the games. But, like, just the fact, like, when you've been working for yourself, you can, in doing well, you can afford these things. But a lot of times I buy games and just, like, I don't play them that much, or sometimes I just forget I have them. It's weird to me because, yeah, you remember as a kid, like, when you got a game, it was like, I remember getting... uh, just even bad games, like, uh, you know, like a family member would, like, buy me a video game, and, like, you know, I didn't want to say anything bad, but they'd go to the used bin, and it would be clearly something that got returned three times, (laughs) and it was just, and I remember still playing that to death, or, like, with Super Nintendo, like, there were so many bad games, because it was so cheap to develop, and we would sit there and play them, like, I remember Toy Story, like, Toy Story had like a Super Nintendo game and we played that to death even though there was there was like a racing car level that was like close to impossible and it was like it wasn't like at the end of the game it was like the sixth level in and there was no save feature so you would just set up for the day get to that level see if anybody in four hours could get past it and then if you did it would be like exploring the amazon for the first time like i wonder what's past (laughs) here and i remember i was the only person who got past it and it was like two in the morning and we of (laughs) course you know like the family came in you know the eventually, like, they were like, you know, what are you guys doing up so late? And it was, but, like, we, yeah, you just didn't have a choice. And it was like, 
I wonder if kids these days are going to be like as good. Because I think when we came into like poker, uh, people from my generation, it was a pretty natural transition because like games were so impossible as kids and it like really trains you for frustration and just yeah. to enjoy playing the game. And there are games now that are like super competitive and super tough. And I, th- I think it's like a really polarized range. There's like super tough games now. And like, I, I, I think some people play them, but like most of the general games, I, I realized like I had one run in Grand Theft Auto five where it was like I could not do anything right on this one mission like and I kept getting to the point I was like you know five feet away from completing the mission and then some cop would see me and then like (laughs) running away I would get the truck stuck and I was like ready to throw my controller through the window and I, I, I and I was thinking like dude this was every mission in driver two like if you ever played driver two it was like it was so hard at the later or like stuntman or any of those earlier like uh pseudo crime like racing games and uh <clears throat> like there were, it, it just got so difficult that was every mission i remember thinking like when i came into poker it was like it was hard but it was like very normal and i wonder if like kids these days with their like automatic There's nothing to teach you, like, delayed gratification anymore. I mean, like, if we could extrapolate this even further, like, what you and I are talking about was, like, delayed gratification. You had to really save up to play that game system, or you had to go to a friend's house, and you had to learn how to be, like, civil in another person's home in order (laughs) to, you know, like... To play yeah, 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 to play the video game. I used to go over to Travis Newhart's house as much as possible so I could play Roller Coaster Tycoon, because we couldn't afford a... Because uh, we couldn't afford a PC. But yeah, like you had to learn all that stuff. And now I just feel like kids just get everything all the time. Like I know. Like, That's I, true. I, I just save up for every one of my game systems. Work for game companies. Sell games. Resell games. All that stuff. Like hustle to get get one of them. And it's like, I go, you know, I go down the street now and... Costa Rica, and it's like, well, and like even my like really poor friends, are like, oh yeah, you know, we got a PlayStation Three, you know, and it's like, what, like, you know, I have to blow the old man across the road for my first Game Boy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. It's like this. It's like this instant gratification. Like now, like you say, everything is now, now, like. Even the save, take the save. Some games didn't have save. Like you say, I remember putting them on. You would play it going, right, this is on now. You know, like, it's not going off until we play it. We need to, if you, if it was time for dinner or whatever, you would pause it, you know, and go and have dinner and come back and you'd hope it hadn't crashed or somebody <laughs> nudged something or whatever. And, like, I remember playing this game, Asterix. I think it was on the Master System. And I had a friend, like, sleeping over, and we were playing it till, like, one in the morning, to, you know, like, doing it great. And we were getting there and getting there, and my mum's boyfriend at the time came through, and he hurt, like, because we were making too much noise, like, playing the game. He came through, he's like, oh, like, we're trying to get sleep, your brother's trying to get sleep, it's time to switch it off. And I was like, don't switch it off, like, there's no sleep. And he switched just the TV off, right? Yeah. And I thought, thank God, right, like, the, the game's <laughs> still running. So I, like, pressed pause, he went away. So we left like five minutes, switched it back on again, no volume, played it, and he must have got up again and like seen it and went like little bit, and he came and he just like pulled the plugs out the wall, and we were like, it was like a film or something, you know, we were like a couple of levels away from finishing it, 
and the plugs, like everything plugged out, and I'm just like, oh, that's not gone. There's like the whole night, you know. Yeah, 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 and that was the old day. Yeah, and like it was a lot of. Well, they did this test with uh, kids. They were trying to figure out like what determines success, right? So they did this test where it was like they put kids alone in a room with a cookie. And they said, if you don't eat this, uh, if you don't eat this cookie in 20 minutes, uh, I'll give you two cookies, right? And uh, but you can eat it if you want, right? The kids who could resist for 20 minutes, that was like that was a better marker for success than anything else, like intelligence. Uh, communication skills, so socioeconomic factors also were pretty close, but not quite as big of a deal as this delayed gratification. And like, I think as kids, just because, I mean, there was no internet when we were kids. I, were, <laughs> I remember like with like metal videos, I was really into like metal, uh, like heavy metal. Some people don't know what I mean by metal. They're like, uh, but like I was, they, there was only one show every week that showed metal videos it was Headbangers Ball, and, like, you could not do anything else while that show was on, right? So the whole week you were thinking, like, oh, man, I can't wait for Headbangers Ball. Whose house are we watching it at at this time? You know, whose house are we going to watch it at, right? And it was like, you know, some people got it, some people didn't, because, like, you know, maybe only one of, you know, between me and my friends, like, we weren't, like, poor, poor, but, like, usually only one of us had like a cable package at any of that time. So it was just, you know, packing into people's houses. And, you know, you would see that in, if a video came on that was like your band, like that was your time to enjoy it because you were never going to see that video again. Like MTV2 was never going to play this video again. They were never going to play Morbid Angel again, right? It's just not in the cards for them. Now it's like you can just go on YouTube and like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, 20, 20 seconds, get that video and you can watch it and go like, oh man, I can see the, you know, I can see the zipper and the monster outfit. This is kind of cheesy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there was definitely like, not because we were like more moral people or harder workers, but like when we were kids, like you could def, you definitely had to work towards a lot of different things, even if you didn't want to, you know what I mean? Like you just ended up having to learn how to delay gratification. I think, I think that's the only thing that got me going anywhere in poker. It sure wasn't talent. I mean, I, I, I remember everybody making fun of me. Like when I, you know, when I started playing poker, I told them I was playing $16 Syngos. And at that time, you know, people, you have to remember everything on Bluff Magazine was about like people like blowing $20,000 at a dinner and stuff like that. And they were like, you're a professional player and you're playing $16. So he goes, God, you're an idiot, man. Like you're so bad. Right. And like, just re- like literally every day people telling me how terrible I was, but in, yeah, I think most people would have been like scared away, but like, I didn't have any other option. It was like, I could play bigger and likely go broke or I could play small games and I could, you know, likely eke out a profit and I could keep, you know, putting, feeding my profits back into my bankroll and moving up. And then eventually, hopefully I can play the higher stakes. And then, yeah, in a couple of years, I was like, yeah, I just went to Asia. I'm about to go down to Brazil. And then after that, I'm going to be in Germany. And people are like, what? You know, I was like, well, you know, it wasn't intelligence. It was, I, I, 
for whatever reason, I delayed gratification. I kept working up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, yeah, uh, yeah. and see. So there's life lessons, definitely. Yeah, this was, uh, this was, all right, show's over. Yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been fun walking down memory lane with you and reminiscing. Uh, let's get into the questions. We always have a little bit. Uh, okay, the first question is from Jacob Durst. Uh, big shout out to Jacob, actually. He's helping me out with something just now. So he's actually sent in two questions. So we'll let him off because the first one's quite short. Um, we'll see how you go with this one. Questions for Alex. What was it like coaching Barry? And what unusual leaks have you found when teaching students? Okay. Uh, Bar- Barry was... His, uh, actually, Barry was a pretty good student. Uh, very no. <laughs> attentive. No, I mean honestly, like it, some people like to fight me on everything. You were very, uh, you were very attentive. I usually only had to say something once, and ev- everybody has one or two things that they don't get right away. And uh, myself, it's usually seven or six times before I get something. But with you, it was just once or twice. And yeah, I, uh, Barry was a good student. You know, very attentive. Worked pretty hard. Uh, was always really ready for the lessons. I mean, if you're ever going to pay the exorbitant amount of money it costs for like personal coaching, you should really come prepared with like, this is what I play. This is what I do. This is what I don't understand. Uh, how can I, you know, and also like bring like your game plan. Like I play, you know, this is what I play. This is how I'm trying to make money. This is how much money I have because a professional player that's had to deal with varying bankroll sizes and uh, different games is really likely to go, oh, don't play that game. It doesn't have as high of an earn. Play this game on this site. And Barry was very prepared in that fashion. So it worked out pretty well. Uh, some of the weirder leaks I've had from students, um, you know, Mo, I, I, I wish I could come up with something. Uh, I, I, I wish I could come up with something really exotic and funny. But I, I, I've had people who... Uh, I, I I think my greatest difficulties have been with Americans, uh, although that's tending to change. Uh, I don't know what it is about my culture, but it, it's one of those to protect how you feel good about yourself, it, because everything is about feeling good about yourself. Like we've created narcissistic monsters in the United States because it like literally like campaign. We had multi-million dollar campaigns in the United States talking about how to feel good about yourself, not realizing if people feel good about themselves without having done anything to earn that. They're really just monsters and they do a lot of things to like defend themselves. So there's a lot of times, you know, I would give them, uh, you know, there was a lot of times I would give them a, uh, I thought a correction that was very apt for the situation and they, they would fight me on it. And that was pretty weird to me because I would think like, you know, Oh, you're paying for a session. And, uh, you know, you're just going to fight with the coach or, you know, I'd say, oh, this guy played really well against you here. Right. And, you know, the guy was an idiot and uh, the, to that guy. And it was like you couldn't give anybody credit. And I shouldn't be hypercritical of this because I certainly suffered from a form of this. I am incurably American, as it were. But uh, it, it, it's definitely it's weird now just being outside of it and realizing you can't really succeed without it just to see how much it permeates uh, the landscape of American players. Uh, the, it, that's really starting to change though. The Americans are becoming a lot more humble when it comes to poker. And like, I'm, I, most of my lessons this year have been with Americans and they've been really cool. Uh, 
the one the one that is always really confounding to me is people get lessons bought for them by their backers. Like their backer realizes they're in deep makeup, right? And they need to get help. And the backer out of the kindness of their heart will buy a lesson with me, which is, you know, there's a lot of different coaches and a lot of cheaper coaches, but they go with me. So it's like, they're not just buying you a car. They're buying you like a very nice car, right? And you don't have to put a dollar down. And you would think those would be the most grateful and hardest working, attentive listeners. And they are the absolute opposite. They are fighting with you all the time, canceling lessons, never showing up. When they do talk to you, they, I've had a guy go like, look, man, I've been in poker for seven years. I don't need this HUD crap and I don't need you. And it was like, okay, you know, then this really, I, this really influenced my political views. I, when I was younger, I, I used to think like all people were essentially good. Now that I'm like, oh, for like 37 on, you know, people who got lessons bought for them and the, them being like, I mean, and I'm not talking about like their wife bought them a lesson, right? Like for Christmas, like, like those people are amazingly cool, right? I'm talking mm -hmm. about like the backer bought the guy in trouble a lesson. Saying like, you need help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, they take it as you need help, which is, I don't know, you know, I've had backers buy me like uh, mental coaching sessions because they thought my, in, uh, I admit like my mental game is really uh, where I, I think I could have done like the greatest improvement because I just didn't really know how to improve that. I kind of was stuck in my mind and I, I, I felt like I kept going down the same roads and I wasn't really sure what those roads were. Whereas like the mathematical side of the game, the, uh, the analytical side of the game comes very naturally to me. And when I had, I, I had a backer buy me mental coaching lessons and it was awesome. But like, yeah, I was, you know, and it, I mean, this goes for everything. Like when I help family members, like when I, I, uh, you know, like it, it, I'm like, Oh, for like going on a rant, but like, I am like, Oh, for 207 when it comes to like loaning people money who like, I mean, like it, it, literally, no, let's say like four or five out of like 207. When I loan money, I never get it back. Ever. And I mean, this is people across all cultures, all different types of people. And it's just like, and, it, and then they act like I'm the jerk when I bring it up, you know what I mean? And then yeah. it, it's, it, it, you know, and I mean, this was all different cultures, all different colors. And, it, you know, and a, a lot of it, it was money I could afford to lose because at some point I realized, like, if you loan somebody money, it better be a gift because it's going to be a gift. But I almost wish people would go like could you please, you know, give me this amount of money? Because then at least I get a thank you. Instead, I usually get like, you know, uh, uh, I'm, the, I'm the bad guy at the Thanksgiving table, right? And yeah. it, it, that, that's really like, I, I don't really think you can give somebody something for nothing. Like, I just, I, I think it's better for their dignity. And I think it's better for you if like, you don't have to pay them market value. Like if they can come like fix your toilets and that costs like, you know, let's say that costs like $110 and then you give them, uh, you give them 400. That's obviously not correct, but at least it's something, you know, and then, but it just, uh, I don't know. It keeps like, uh, you know, there's different family members. Like I, I, I've cut pretty much all of them off, but like I give, you know, I give them money 
and it's like under you know it's like they're going on month 27 the guy can't find a job the breadwinner in the house and it's like are you really looking because i don't believe you you know what i mean and i'll be the guy that i'll be the guy that goes like go work at mcdonald's you know what i mean like if you really have to go work fast food there's not you know and people act like it's below me to work at mcdonald's i was like I would never begrudge somebody working at McDonald's. I have so much more respect for the guy busting his ass at a McDonald's than I do for you right now, you know. And then uh, it's even if it's minimum wage, you wouldn't have to call on me all the time, you know. And but uh, anyway, and they think like they think like if they grovel to you, they think if they grovel to you, that's going to somehow get raise their. you know, like it, by putting themselves in the designated victims list, that's going to put them in a certain category in your eyes and you're going to help them more and like them more when really it just makes you like them less. And uh, this really goes to the workplace too. You should really be exuberant in like exhibiting more energy and happiness as much as possible, even when you don't feel it. And uh, eventually it does become real. I had to fake when I was damn near homeless and going on job interviews, I certainly didn't feel good, but I smiled, dance, monkey, dance, to get the job, you know? And I, I don't know. I feel like people have lost that. Anyhow, uh, thank you for your short question. Sorry I gave you a 20-minute response. What's the second one? <laughs> second one is a hand history. All so, right, let's uh, do it. We find it difficult to, to go off on tangents yeah. in the hand history, although we do find ways sometimes. Let, let me tell you about the seven of diamonds. <laughs> okay. Yeah, seven of diamonds walks into a bar. Um, okay, uh, this is a hand history. Um, I have $800 in a loose nine-handed 2-5 game in an Ohio casino. All right. I'm, I'm under the gun. I open ace-king off to $20. I get three calls. Middle position is a red, red-faced guy complaining about buttons run good. The button, the button is a mid-thirties woman playing most hands, nice. running over the table and covering everybody. Big blind old net. I like these descriptions. I, I can see them. I'm there. This, guy, this guy's definitely of Irish descent. Like this is a yeah. very, I mean, Irish or Scottish or English or. Someone who writes in those colors when they uh, when they flop. tell. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, flop is Jack Jack two rainbow, uh, seventy eight dollars in the pot after rake. Big blind net checks. I check because I rarely have a jack here and only better hands call. Disgruntled middle position checks. Women on button looks at flop and bets thirty. Big blind folds. I call because I'm ahead of her many bluffs. Uh, middle position over calls, 168 in the pot. Turn is a 10, completing rainbow. Jack, jack to <coughs> 10, rainbow. I check, planning to fold my gut shot to any significant bet, but it checks around. River is a queen, giving me the nuts straight on a paired board. Jack, jack to 10, queen. I lead out 75 into $168 pot to get value from middle position. Um, any jack, sorry, ace jack, king jack, nine jack, eight jack. Middle position groans and calls. Button looks very excited and raises 275 more to $350. <laughs> I, I tank fold. Middle position calls and angrily slams the table when Button shows king nine for second straight. Thoughts? Wow, man. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's pretty difficult. 
Well, okay, let's go back to the start. The fact you got three callers makes me think maybe you're not raising big enough here. Ace-King works really well versus, like, one player. Uh, sometimes they'll even open to, like, 25 or 30 here just because people think, well, that's a weird raise, and maybe they pitch some of their suited connectors, which is great. You want them out, but they'll still call with their big card combinations. So, okay, so you raise to 20, you get three calls. Uh, the board comes Jack-Jack 2. I, I think your biggest mistake in this hand was calling uh, the bet on the button. Yes, you're ahead of I, – I excuse the bet from the button. Yes, you're ahead of the button's range most of the time, but you have to remember that a large percentage of your opponents uh, behind you are very likely to have a small pair, uh, a, a, a decent pair, sevens, eights, or nines, uh, even tens. And uh, your, your outs, it's, go, it's just going to be very hard. To, like if the turn comes an ace or a king and then you lead out, I think, uh, I think it's going to be very hard to get value from those smaller pairs. Uh, if your hand does not improve on the turn, uh, you're very likely to be bet off the hand. So you're calling with, at best, six outs, which you're going to hit about uh, 13% of the time, which is like going, sweet, I'm calling here, and I'm going to miss 87% of the time. And usually you're going to, uh, most often somebody has something behind you, and you can't entirely discount uh, you can't entirely discount the idea that a jack could be out there and you're completely dead, so you can't even, call, you can't even count all those outs. So at best, you have like four pure outs uh, on average. So now it's like, sweet, I miss 90% of the time on the turn. That was your biggest mistake. That's your clear mistake in this hand. So as played, we call. Uh, it gets checked around on the turn. That's obviously fine. No, no action here. River, you... Uh, uh, river, you river straight. You lead out. Another guy calls. A uh, woman raises. Uh, pretty healthy raise. Now, here's the thing. Here's the questions I always ask myself in this situation. I, I got the flood of emotions just uh, having you ask me. Just having you, like, posit uh, this hand. Tell me this hand. I, I, I definitely got, like, the... I know how it feels to be in that spot, how gross it can be. But, like, the big thing I always ask myself here is what are the, you know, what, what are the worst hands that, what are the worst hands that I beat? Uh, here, uh, since you think this person could just be flailing, uh, you can put the king nine and the nine eight in them. Uh, <clears throat> the hard thing is you know it's not a bluff, uh, which is pretty tough because now, uh, it, but, the other thing that is a really good question to ask yourself here is what are the better hands and how, how likely are they? So, like, you're worried about full houses. So full houses here would be, like, a pair of pocket queens. Uh, I think it's a little unlikely that she'd call that pre-flop. Uh, I think, think a little unlikely she'd check that on the turn. So I think it's pretty easy to discount. Uh, Queen Jack... Is, is something you're also worried about. Again, kind of weird she would check that on the turn. Uh, also, doesn't really fit your narrative here for, like, becoming excitement. Like, the excitement has just filled in on the river. That doesn't really make sense with the full house. Uh, Jack-10 makes absolutely no sense because she would have made it on the turn, uh, and she probably would have kept betting. Most people do not check back a full house there in full-stack cash games. Uh, 
after that, I, I think it's just much more likely we can put like a King-9 suited, a 9-8 suited, or a tie here, then it's really hard for me to come up with a full house that a uh, villain could have. So I, I, I really... Uh, I, I, I think you have to flick in the call here. I'll be honest with you, when I first heard it, my gut reaction is like, ugh. You know, I, I kind of, I can see why you would want to fold. And I would never, you need to learn how to make big laydowns in No Limit Hold'em cash games way more than you need to learn how to make big calls. People who make big calls typically are tournament players for a reason. Uh, it's just really hard for them to transition to cash. Uh, that being said, I, I think you did... Uh, the right thing wrong in this situation. And, uh, yeah, uh, hope that helped. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good analysis. I, 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 I visualizing it and stuff. I couldn't fold it. I would have to call there as well. Yeah. I would just have to put it in and just say, yeah, show me a full house. If you, you know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Show, show, show to me. Teach me. Show me. me. Yeah, yeah. Show me it. Uh, okay, Jacob, uh, that, that's, that's your two questions. So, uh, you know, by all means, send more in, and thanks for helping me out as well. Um, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, okay, this one is from... Will we go with this one? Let me see. <coughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, let's go with this one, because we got about just over 10 minutes, I think, left recording. And if this one overruns, I think this will be... Let's go with this one. Pete, from okay. Pete. Uh, please could you discuss ways in which I can get better at cash games? I find it difficult with some of the pre-flop decisions when playing 100 big blinds deep. Any pointers? Thanks. Yeah, uh, the big thing in cash games, uh, this again falls under the category, how, how does one play poker? But... Uh, so excuse me if my answers are vague. I just I I have a lot to work with here. Uh, the the big thing in cash games, uh, the the big thing that always helped me is if you have a hand that you think will do really well versus one person, try to get it heads up. Uh, so that would be just like the big card combinations because those draw to one pair and one pair tends to be the best hand heads up. It tends to be the best second best hand. Uh, three or four way, which can be mighty costly. So uh, we saw that in the previous hand history review with ace king, ace queen, stuff like that. And uh, I, <clears throat> we were discussing raising more. Uh, that being said, uh, so like the big cards, you try to get heads up, try to get into a lot of flops with like the suited connectors, the suited one gappers, and try. I, I played a game when I was playing cash. The, the rule I made when I was like 19 and I knew nothing about cash, but I had to play cash games to supplement my income because I had had the ridiculous idea that I was going to move to Europe and play the EPT entirely and somehow had found financial backing to do that. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, the rule I played was two pair or better. Like I was not going to play like big pots without two pair or better. And usually like a really good two pair. But what you're really trying to make is like goofy straights and flushes. And remember when you make the flushes, if the guy could not possibly like three bet the river without a flush, uh, just count how many better flushes there are than yours. And then count, you know, how many you beat and then play accordingly. Uh, the other thing, I, I think 100 big blinds, if you can master 100 big blind poker, it becomes a lot easier 
to play a lot of different other poker games because it's definitely uh, tougher. The other way you can get better is using Flopzilla. And, uh, <coughs> sorry guys, I've been fighting off a sore throat. And, uh, it's, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, with, uh, uh, with Flopzilla, what you can do is, uh, if you just go through the user manual, you can, you can realize how to do multi how to gauge whether a multi shell bluff is profitable or not, or whether like a river call is profitable or not. It allows you to range the person street by street and then compare his equity to your equity. And then if you can just do some remedial pot odds, you can find out whether calls are correct or not. This is really the bread and butter of like how you get better. Uh, just really constantly figuring out if your bluffs were clearing the guy's range the majority of the time, if your calls were profitable the majority of the time, and trying to get a heads up with the hands you want to get heads up and trying to play two pair of better poker when you're uh when you're in multi-way pots i think that'll take you pretty far okay that's it and um you got time for one more question Alex? yes i do if i if i don't hack up a lung hold on okay yeah well, go ahead go if i like if i <coughs> does hack up a uh, hack up a lung let's go uh, yeah we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll raffle off your lung if we do <laughs> As a souvenir to any, anybody out there. I'll um, Okay, let me see. Plane. Right, I'm going to give you a choice, and the next guy who doesn't get it is going to get read out on the next show anyway. So do you want to talk about sets, or do you want to talk about... No, actually, I'm going to do that, because the other one's too expansive. Let's talk about this. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go. Okay, this one's from Billy. Uh, playing a set for max value in tournaments. As I don't get them that often throughout a tournament, obviously... So what is the best way to maximize value from it? I understand it will depend on different flops and what the other players have, but what should I be thinking about? I, <coughs> I, I think you, you betray right now a really big mistake that a lot of people make, which is I have a big hand. I need to get a lot of value from it. A lot of times, like when I, like one example is like when I flop four of a kind, I always kind of laugh because there's really... <laughs> nothing the guy the guy can have so like i check and i want the guy to bluff at me but a lot of times it just doesn't happen and that just gives you an example of like it's a gigantic hand but like if your opponent you really need to be playing your opponent's hand your hand is easy to play it's right in front of you your opponent's hand is the hand that you really need to focus on and if you think that uh you think your opponent has like some serious issues with uh calling down flush draws, then yeah, you got you got a bit bet bigger. Or with one pair combinations or ace highs, yeah, uh, go ahead and, you know, br strap the guy in. Uh, you, you try to do the bet sizes that'll work well with the hands that are most likely in his range. But don't at any point think I have a big hand and I deserve a lot. This is, this really fits into the entitlement narrative. Uh, mm -hmm. we've talked about this recently in recent episodes when people go like, you know, there's a lot of times like I have a set and the river brings in the flush draw. Right. And people are like the analysis I get is, well, I check here is if I bet and he raises, I'm going to feel really sick and I won't know what to do. And it's like, you know what to do. You're going to fold. Like mm -hmm. you just don't want to fold a set. 
Like that's your the guy has a flush here like twenty percent of the time. The other eighty percent of the time, maximum twenty percent of the time. Oftentimes when I range it, it's like twelve. And the other eighty eighty eight percent of the time, he has pairs, uh, over pairs, uh, inferior pairs a lot of the time. And uh, you you uh, uh, you're missing value from all those hands. So really, what you're doing is, you know trying to fit uh, poker into this entitlement narrative, which means you will need to check all reduce value. But, hey, at least you didn't get bluffed off your hand. You know, if you think the guy, if you think the guy is capable of bluffing, for sure check call. But that's really rare to find a guy that will not have the flush draw who's been calling down versus you and decide I'm going to wrap the flush because the flush draws still very much in your range as well. Uh, so anyhow, when you, uh, uh, when, when you have this set, really think more about your opponent's range. And sometimes all you can get is a couple bets, a couple small bets. So I would, uh, you know, I would just go with that and, uh, try see what you can work with given the actual situation and really focus in on what your opponent plays in that situation. And, uh, yeah, if you think, Another way to get, like, more value is just to get in the habit of not just always betting, like, half pot. Like, betting half pot is what most people do, and then they get a big hand. They go, I want to bet bigger, but then, you know, that's going to be a bit of an anomaly, and most people are going to freak out the first time they see that and not really play with you. you got to get in the habit of, like, betting two-thirds the size of the pot or are the size of the pot uh, without a hand as well. So people can see you make those larger bets and fold. Because then if they see you make a larger bet, perhaps they're going to raise and call a bit more. But a lot of people just never even build a bluffing range with those bigger bets. So be sure to do that as well. I just keep thinking. I just keep wanting to go, I played it like a set. I put you on Ace King. I let, that, that's my favorite one. Like whenever, whenever like they get beat by everyone Ace King. I put you on Ace King. I've heard that so many times. I put you on Ace King. Yeah, I put you on Ace King. Yeah. As we all know, that's the best way to play poker is you put your opponent on one specific hand and play the rest yeah. of the hand accordingly. Yeah, yeah soul read you for Ace King. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Okay, um, thanks for all the questions in this week. Interesting uh, bunch. Keep them coming in for Alex. Questions at oneouter.com. Email them in. Uh, they will eventually get read out on an episode. Alex, how can people get in touch with you for uh, more video game chat and coaching? <laughs> yeah, if you want to write me about anything, write us at assassinhourcoaching at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitch, uh, where I, I do not stream video games, but I do stream me playing i6cash and the like. Well, not i6cash. Uh, i6mtts is what I meant to say. And like 2-4 uh, and 1-2 at cash. Uh, we do do a little streaming of that just to like vary it up. And yeah, uh, if you guys want to sign up for America's Card Room and get some free training, get uh, a dissecting the donk bet, uh, you flat too much, or that's a check raise full uh, webinars for free, go ahead and sign up through the link uh, that we have here. That'll get you 27% rake back as well, along with a pretty substantial uh, deposit bonus. Uh, I believe is still part of that deal. 
and then, you know, sign up, make a deposit, and, yeah, uh, play a little, check out the site, and write me uh, at com with your sign-in name. Just say, hey, I had a deposited, sign up through your link, and once we verify it, you get your free webinar. And also check out my uh, my website, PokerHeadRush.com. Uh, that's really the nexus of everything that we're doing here. has links to my podcasts, uh, to my private consultations, to my articles, to my blogs, to my rap battles, uh, all that good stuff. And, of course, you know, lists all the yummy deals that we have going on. And, uh, yeah, be sure to favorite the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the assassin. that also has a ton of the deals. And be sure to sign up and... For it, be sure be sure to sign up for cardrunners.com, uh, my training website with uh, promo code free month all capital letters, that'll get you two months access to two thousand plus videos for just thirty dollars, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. And say what's up to me on Twitter at the Assassinato. Cool. Um, just one question from me. See the noise in the back? Is that the birds in Costa Rica? Yeah, it's yeah. birds. It's birds. Yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. It's very yeah. tropical. Very, yeah, it's very, very chill. Ian Fleming. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I try. Good place to do some writing. I try. I try to. I try to once a day, like go out and just sit. I don't know if it's like meditating or what, but just try to like soak it in where I'm at because you know you can get so into the hustle and bustle and mess it, and yeah, yeah. just the birds chirping and everything. It's pretty. It's pretty nice. Very, very nice. Okay, Alex, until the next episode and everyone else, cheers and we'll see you then. Cheers.